I've been reading the Diamond Sutra. Okay. What's that? So it's like one of the main, like, there are a lot of different sutras, or sutra is just another word for, like, learning or teaching. There are a lot of different sutras, but there's, like, the Diamond Sutra, the Heart Sutra. Yeah. All of these things, but. The Diamond Sutra is, um, so I've been kind of reading it and looking through it, and it's really good perspective on, like, non-dualism. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's basically what Buddhism is all about. Yeah. Like, non-dualism. Yeah. But it's a really cool and interesting vernacular just another way to read about it and think about it. It's pretty good. Yeah. My brother keeps sending me stuff from his yoga training. Does he? That's like, you know, about non-dualism or whatever. Uh-huh. He's been listening to the podcast and like reading my blog posts or whatever. And Every time he comes up, every time it says something about non-dualism, he's like, dude, it's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it is though. I mean, it's really, yeah, it's just, super helpful yeah people are really i think becoming really interested in in that but it's not just us i don't think so man i think no i think it's bigger a lot of people interested in that it just seems like I keep saying this, but it's just seems like the natural and necessary evolution at a certain point in your life, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, sort of interesting to me that a lot of people don't get to it, you know, to stay kind of in the dualistic thinking, right and wrong, you know, right behavior, right action, right thinking. Mm-hmm. That that's a thing, and it's necessary. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's. I think there's a lot of people responding to it, which I think is encouraging. I guess it's necessary to have right. An idea of what right action is, at the beginning of your life, and right thinking a right belief is what is true right mm-hmm. and then to move beyond that but yeah. not not really forsake it as a structure Mm-mm. just sort of like transcend it a bit yeah. yeah which is sort of like what everything is about what exactly spirituality that's, is about that's exactly what i was going to say you have to go through it to get beyond it yeah is the way that you might say that yeah or like Kind of what they, what the Buddha talks about in the Diamond Sutra is like, actually, you know, I could give you this teaching or whatever, but it's only to get you to the other side of the river and then you have to let it go. You know, you can't hold on to these, Uh these teachings. Facts or truths even. Yeah. 
yeah because you know what's true on one level isn't on another and then so it's cool to kind of read about that and just that perspective like it's you know these they're just rafts to get to the other side of the Mm. river and then you have to let them go otherwise they're an impediment so basically (laughs) eventually what you want to get to is where there's like you know you're not you're free from all of these learnings you know them but they they're not you're not oh that's awesome holding on to them you know you you learn them so that you can get to the other side of the river and you can reference them from there on out but you're not trapped uh-huh. in that oh that's so interesting yeah yeah. So I often I often think of like just how sort of like uh free from like anybody telling me what to do or even what is true. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so like to have <laughs> to have a teacher say like you don't need my teaching or it's not something to like hold on to yeah and grasp and have like i'm the only you know like i'm the source of truth and you just need to believe what i say but to say it's just a raft Mm -hmm. and your exploration of truth and reality is your own is really helpful that's a helpful like metaphor the raft and the river yeah it's it's uh-huh. it's fr- it's freeing uh-huh. i think you know yeah and that's that's what's kind of so cool about the way that like zen teaches us is that they'll give you these uh-huh. like koans and you figure them out and then once you figure them out you go to the zen master and says no I'll show you how that's not true now. Let it go. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. I think that's, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The teachings are just a, a tool. Yeah. Or something. It's like you need, they're using concepts to simultaneously help you but also deconstruct things on like a a whole other level it does something to you instead of just it's not just something that you know Mm -hmm. or learn like the real goal is to for it to change you Mm -hmm. you know yeah So, so to get to more freedom or you know for something to happen inside you that's the real teaching mm-hmm. you know it's not like here's some stuff to know it's like the process of meditating on it or whatever and quote unquote figuring it out which is not really a thing like does something to you mm-hmm. maybe unlocks something inside you yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's been to read yeah 
This is a single tree podcast. This is episode 50. I feel like we should get a prize. We'll go get some donuts. Do you want to give us a, yeah. Do you want to give ourselves a prize? Donuts? I'll go get us a card or something. <laughs> some donuts. That would be nice if you would get me a card. Happy 50th. And some donuts. Episode 50. How much time did it take us to get here? When did we start? <laughs> Three years. Two Three years. It's a long work. time. We took a really long break. We took almost a year break. So. Yeah, we did. We've been talking about, you know, like right belief and right action, morality, and, you know, kind of a my religious experience and or upbringing or whatever, and then just you know kind of moving beyond those structures into non-duality and i like this thing that you brought up the diamond sutra and we'll leave that part in there the intro okay about the diamond sutra and uh maybe sometime we'll get to the kama sutra <laughs> there you go <laughs> <laughs> which i'm sure everyone will tune in for that yeah you know i'm sure and when we you know, put the Kama Sutra in our, the title of our podcast will have millions of listens. Right. And then that's all which we'll is, be able to talk about. So we yeah. can keep listeners. That's going to be our marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, talk about the Kama Sutra every once a month. and I'll start studying up on it now. See how many. <laughs> <clears throat> and practicing. Yeah, right. And, uh. We'll see how many listeners we get. Don't want to subscribers. Just be theoretical, right? No, we're not about that. Yeah, we we're do. not about just talking about stuff. We talk about direct experience. You got to do it. Yeah, you for sure got to experience that yeah. for sure. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Yeah. So we ended. I think at the end of our last talk, we were talking about, um, you know, the the fact that, well when we judge stuff, um, our own behavior and our own thinking and beliefs, um, we don't actually get to know them. We don't really explore them and get to know what's happening inside ourselves, whether it's in our thinking or, um, what we believe or whether it's in our kind of our impulses and desires that lead to our actions mm. and it limits us in being able to like first of all be fully human by knowing ourselves and intimate with ourselves and with other people and it also limits us from being able to heal shape ourselves you know I think of it as formation mm. a lot like you're becoming something and when you demand that you always do right or think right you can't actually become that's how i think about it yeah i wonder if we've got it backwards where we we've gotten really good at judging because we think if we do that it helps us yeah you know yeah. And it sounds like what you're saying is that 
that hinders us actually it's it's the opposite no that doubt we should take some time and space to maybe turn that process upside down and consider how judgment is hindering us rather than helping us i think you know it's almost like we think well if i if i judge this um that's it's almost like the act of judgment is our way of trying to stop something mm-hmm. bad from happening mm-hmm. it's like we're trying to like we're damming something up right yeah and we think that okay we need to we need to damn that up to keep it from yeah happening and that will that will be good that's a good that will help me yeah and what you're saying is that it's actually maybe should be opposite whereas we should yeah let that come let the river flow or rise up Mm -hmm. so that we can sure shape it shape it investigate it get to know it understand it know it the first goal is to know it yeah like your impulse what know your impulse right mm-hmm. and when you know your impulse and understand it then it disarms it first of all you know and then you can also have more it has more you have more of an ability to yeah move it or yeah shape it point it in a direction use it why do you think it's hard for us to take that perspective the dualistic thinking you know like it's just so pervasive it's not just religion that does that you know it's all it's all over the place right i mean it's in our culture it's in our political dialogue now you know like you have to be this you have to be right you have to think right and believe the right thing and you know i mean it's it's obviously like um our society has moral structure whatever And, uh, yeah, I just think it's, I, I really think we don't put non-duality out there as a goal, you know, like, so that's why we're talking about it so much because, you know, it's just not talked about. It sounds like some weirdo thing, you know, and in our culture, like Eastern thought. Buddhism, you know, like it is not, um, it's rejected easily, you know? And so, yeah, if you, if you know your goal is to get beyond morality, for for instance, or like beyond right, just right belief, then that would change things, right? I have two teenagers at my house, you know, and I was talking about that thing earlier about like, you want to do what, what you want to do, 
mm-hmm. even if somebody tells you something different that's right mm-hmm. <laughs> technically right it's true it's true for all people I yeah. think you know it's like somebody tells you something that you should do and you know and you know you should do it but like you want to do it you want to come to that on your own you know like you want to make that decision on your own you don't want somebody telling you to do it yeah I can totally identify you know? that one. Like that's, and that's legit, I think. I think that's legitimate because it's something about like formation, the formation process. Like there's a process that needs to take place there that if you just obey all the time or just believe what somebody tells you, you will not be formed you will not become it Hmm. you won't you know like you like somebody might tell you the right thing which if you're a good teacher you won't just go around telling people what to believe all the time you know it's like that idea of like i'm going to give you a concept and then you're going to wrestle with it and then you're going to come to some place of arrival Mm -hmm. and then you're going to start that process over like it's not Mm -hmm. about it's not about here's what you should believe this here's what is true you know like that's the way you teach kids who are under 10 it's great for them yeah you know they need that and then after that you need to teach them in a totally different way you know give them something to wrestle with but we don't too much like to wrestle yeah well we all like to wrestle in terms of like i'm not just going to do what you tell me you know right but it's like we do and we don't you know we yeah we want to do things our own way right yeah um to some degree we can all all fall somewhere on that spectrum right part of that wrestling is like can be rewarding but the other part of that is can be hard which yeah you know kind of what comes along with that is confusion insecurity yeah lost feelings hopelessness all of these things that Mm -hmm. we don't like we, you know, I think you're right. We kind of, on some level, all want to find our own way, but we don't like the emotions that come with it. Sometimes. I think, yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I think, I think as adults, we want to have a sure thing. We want to be certain, you know, and we think that's a, it's our job to be certain, which is so stupid. Like that makes me mad just to think about that. And you think your your goal is to be certain and then to share with your kids and everyone who's younger than you, like your certainty and what you know. You're not a good teacher if you're doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that's not what you want to do if you actually want to help people and form them, which is the goal of teaching. It's not just to communicate facts or truths it's to shape 
someone's life, you know, or their, or their thinking process. Yeah, it's kind of like what we, you know, we were, when we were talking yesterday, I was thinking about, well, what is like one of the biggest difficulties then? And I think it's, what helps us get to more of a fluid kind of non-dual kind of perspective is how we relate to emotion. Okay. You know, because if like, this may sound overly simplistic, but Mm -hmm. it's going to be hard, harder for us to, navigate complexity uncertainty let go of concepts and and beliefs that doesn't mean you just totally trash them but it just means you can just kind of let go of them (laughs) it's going to be hard hard for us to do that if our relationship with emotion and I'll even add in their thought is um, rigid or resistant. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So, like, if our capacity to experience emotion is l- limited, that it makes it makes it harder for us to to go that this this kind of way we're talking Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. that's kind of what i'm thinking i mean i don't know this is just what i'm thinking but yeah um and part of that i i think is because you know when we have an emotion it's it's so i it's so easy for us to identify ourselves and like who we are with that emotion mm-hmm. you know yeah you know there i'm feeling jealous angry uh-huh. whatever yeah and i think that's something that maybe we get tripped up on is that mm-hmm. we can over identify with an emotion that we're having and mm-hmm. basically ensnare ourselves kind of in this trap because then we've become like over identified with it and then we're like we push it push it away mm-hmm. we can't can't move if that's all we're ever really kind of doing right yeah so like in the example of you know an impulse that you have, right? Like, um, you might, uh, like, let's say that it's a sexual impulse or, you know, a a hateful, aggressive impulse or something like that. Like, um, I don't know if this is what you're talking about, but, you know, you would immediately have some judgment of it, you know, and maybe an emotional response that comes along with that. A fear or just judgment or shame or 
even embarrassment or something like that. And then mm-hmm. you want to move away from it because because the emotional the emotion is uncomfortable, unpleasant, and so you can't really like explore the impulse anymore. Right. What's it, going on inside you? Yeah, and then there's a whole other layer where you know it's like if you feel jealousy or anger or fear, like oh I I'm you know if you're noticing je- jealousy come up, yeah, and you're over identifying it now. Now you're saying, well I'm 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 a jealous I'm a jealous person I'm, yeah. I'm terrible like yeah. you're creating a whole other identity. Mm-hmm. You know, judging yourself. Now you've got to work yourself out of that. Now, mm-hmm. yeah, just, right. Just because an emotion came out. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, a lot of times what I'll talk with people about is like just sort of like identifying what those layers are of their experience because you ha- you kind of have to start with where you where you are, right? Which is the whole thing, right? You know, what are you experiencing basically and then okay let's kind of like take that layer of self-judgment right that you've <laughs> you know you had these this impulse and then this judgment about it and then emo- an emotion about it which is you know fear or, and then like this layer of self-judgment which is you know self-hatred or shame or something like that you know and then the conclusion which is another thought which is like oh I'm never going to get over all this and like right. this is depressing it's just like this constant cycle of like condemnation yeah yeah I mean it's so and we're in this all the time right I mean without even knowing that we're in it and it doesn't feel very good but you know kind of identifying what are those layers of that experience or what are the things that are sort of like swirling in the soup or something you know and then t- kind of peeling them off one by one, you know. First of all, let's let's just talk about that self-judgment and what does that feel like. And, you know, perhaps remind ourselves that the idea is that you just sort of explore what are all the layers, what are all the things that are happening inside you without self-judgment, you know kind of guiding someone as they do that what what why might people be scared of doing that though like That's if i question. examine something yeah. without judging it yeah some people that would be scary for them yeah I, it, in some ways i th- it, for some people i think it might be that if you examine it, you're saying it's okay. <laughs> you know, like it, like if you have an impulse that you might judge as wrong or something like that, like, and I say, okay, let's just kind of slow down and explore that. Then, you know, what does that mean? You know, and, and, you know, it's, it's like saying it's okay. You know, which it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's happening. So. You might want to like get to know it, you know, but I think there's this fear of like, oh, if I, if I don't always control my own actions, like I'm going to be this, you know, antisocial, like 
terrible person if I don't always try to control my impulses, you know? So you're, what you're saying is maybe what could be helpful is for people to make the distinction between acknowledgement and, you know, saying something is okay or yeah. should be happening or good, right? Yeah. Like there's a difference between acknowledging something. Acknowledging something is more like... Yeah. It isn't necessarily saying something's good or bad or any. It's just acknowledging yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's not this, saying, like, follow all these impulses. They're right. fine, then they're good. Like, go ahead. Yeah. Go for it. Right? Because, you know, just in the... <laughs> In the case of like these aggressive impulses, if if you just follow all your aggressive impulses, like you're going to be in prison, you know, you kill people, right? So, but you have aggressive impulses all the time, mm-hmm. you know, every day, and especially in traffic, and so you know, if you're going to shape those, then you're going to have to get to know them and kind of like understand them, right? So, you know, with my, with my kids or whatever, I mean, they know what I think is okay and what's right and wrong or whatever. I spent a lot of time saying that stuff to them and like punishing them and stuff like that. So they know what I think is right and wrong. And at a certain point, like, I mean, and our youngest kid is eight, you know, and, and she's already at the point where she's like reasoning on a higher level than that. You know what I mean? So like now it's like, you're having all kinds of stuff going on inside your body, mm-hmm. your emotions, your impulses. Like <laughs> she came, the eight year old Millie came to me a month ago or something and was like, dad, I think I need to go to therapy. I have anger issues. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, me too. <laughs> An eight year old. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because at, at our house, sometimes people get angry. You know? Sure. <laughs> uh, I guess she knows what therapy is for some reason. But, uh, you know, like, that's cool. That's cool. You got anger. That was a proud moment for you. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was funny. <laughs> yeah, sure, a proud moment, you know, because it was like this self-awareness. You yeah, know? Like, right. Anger is here anger is a thing right and i mean just on that thing like if i'm always punishing anger and i'm not gonna say i haven't punished anger before in my house but they already know they already know that that's not what they're supposed to be doing all the time don't just follow all your angry impulses but like Mm -hmm. how are you going to get there without knowing it and understanding it right so the next question might be, what does that feel like in your body? Anger, right? Not whatever I have to say about anger, whatever I think about anger. You know, like that's part of parenting is shaping behavior and telling people what is right, your kids what is right, but it's a small part of it, I think. Yeah, it's that acknowledging piece. I think it's hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't want her to be angry. 
and I don't like my own anger, you know, but also like it's, we better get to know it. So how are you going to do anything about it if you don't understand it? Sheds light on something. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And when you know it and you can feel it and you know why it's there and how it is helpful and you know then you can sort of like just you can just control it better you know you, it's like it's like having a thermostat in your house you know like when you know the temperature of the room you get you just you just push it up and down right because you know it and understand it and hold it because you haven't because like when you're saying like our emotions like move us away from it you know like my feeling about my own anger is you know that it's not okay or like i don't like it i don't like myself when i'm angry then i'll move away from anger mm -hmm. i can't i can't fully possess it right right and be it right i need to be it to do anything about it mm -hmm. but i move away from it because it's uncomfortable i don't like it it creates shame i don't like myself when i'm angry and then i can't do anything about it <laughs> like you can't it will come again without my permission yeah like you can't mold a clay pot yeah. right unless it's in your hands and you're working with it yeah 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 and i don't mean to make it sound like super easy because it's not and I'm not going to say, like, I don't still get angry, you know. <laughs> but gra grabbing a hold of it and being it, you know, is what really helps you move it, shape it, turn it up and down when you need to. Because mm -hmm. sometimes you need anger, you know. Well, that's interesting, <laughs> you know, perspective because... And I'll talk about that sometimes and, you know, um, because it can oftentimes, you know, anger, anger can be relatable to like boundaries, you know? Yeah. Like putting boundaries in place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are things that make me angry. And it just makes me want to act, mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes you need to act. Anger can bring you to action, you know, so it's helpful in that way. Sometimes you need it. I'm not going to give up my anger because I need it. So judgment is kind of like a habit. It's almost kind of, you know, like, yeah. Our, it's almost kind of like a safety mechanism. It helps yeah. us. We think it helps us. <laughs> yeah, we think it helps us shape our behavior, <clears throat> but it doesn't actually help us shape our behavior. You know? Mm -hmm. It's like it gives us a goal, right? Like, I want to be less angry. That's a great goal. That in itself is not going to help you be less angry, knowing that. Right. You know? So, but yeah, it's a habit. It's automatic because it's what we're taught is the end 
you know, it's an end in itself to be, you know, um, to know what's right and wrong and do what's right and wrong. Right? Do you, I mean, you asked me that question earlier, like, why do you think that that's there? Do you have an, another answer for that? Like, I, I think I said, like, it's just, we're not taught non-duality, but like, is there another reason do you think that we... I don't know that I have another answer. I think it's kind of similar to what I think you were saying. Like, if if we don't have that mechanism of of judgment and we can't call something good or bad or right or wrong, then we get this feeling that we'll just lose control and anything could happen. It's like, you know maybe to some people hearing us talk you know <laughs> you know they could be listening to what we're talking about while they're driving driving their car right uh-huh. and maybe they're kind of taking what we're saying is like well geez or you're asking me to drive down kellogg with no brakes like, uh-huh. yeah exactly. you know it's like what do you i can't drive my car with no brakes i'll just i'll go anywhere you know uh-huh. i think that's the feeling yeah, it that's good it admits so i need that's good. like the judgment is like the brakes for uh-huh. for people when they're yeah. when they're driving kind of like through right. life mm-hmm. and or guilt which i don't think they're entirely they're pretty similar but uh-huh uh-huh you know i I think that's that's scary because it, it just it once again it's just it's control you're you're not you don't have control if you don't have mm-hmm. the judgment and then like anything could happen well yeah you know that's not necessarily what we're suggesting here yeah that's a good metaphor um and and I would just say like don't you don't have to start you don't have to start by going 60 miles an hour with no brakes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, like, that's another good point. Think, so, yeah. so, Cause like you we're maybe encouraging you to go five feet at a time at five miles an hour and then stop and see, you know, sort of like see what that was like for you. I mean, I would say like, yeah, you, the brakes are the judgment. Which really, like, just, if you're all break, you know, once you get started, like, you're not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, but I would say, you know, maybe don't use your brakes so much, and but do use the steering wheel. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. It, and you could also, you don't have to go 60 miles an hour. Maybe you could go down the road at 5 miles an hour. Yeah. You will be better able to shape and steer yourself without using the brakes at five miles an hour. Well, I, I think you're, I think you're right. And I think one way you could do that in a practical way is that, you know, I think, you know, if people are hearing us talk, they think, you know, I need to apply this to every dimension and area of my life all uh-huh. at once. And, and I would say, no like why 
what if you what if you just started with a very specific uh-huh. dimension of your life very yeah. specific that's that's really good you know what i mean uh-huh. you know whether that just be even like the emotion or the experience of anger like in a certain context like okay when i'm in this situation right or this specific thing in the external i know mm-hmm. creates anger what if it's just yeah applying kind of mm-hmm. what we're talking about to this specific uh-huh. dimension only right. you know what i mean because right. I think that that can be extremely helpful mm-hmm. because in, in actuality, I think that even though you may be working on like in one specific dimension, yeah, you're working on them all. Oh, yeah. If you can do it yeah. on one dimension, you can do it on all of them. Yeah. You know, but it's just kind of getting comfortable, yeah. like just in one area. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So that would be going like going down the road 50 feet. Yeah. And just seeing what it's like not to tap the brakes at all, mm-hmm. but just to use a steering wheel, you know? And then what is it, what does it feel like to go that far, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's a good, yeah. If there's one specific maybe scenario that tends to create anger for you at home or at work or whatever, like pay attention to that angry impulse. Yeah. Just that one. Yeah. Just that one. Yeah. Or just ask yourself a question and, and like in, in what in what areas of my life am I, do I judge myself the most? And make yeah. a list of, of three. Yeah. Right. And then pick one. Yeah. To where you're just going to say, OK, like in this specific domain, uh-huh. I'm just going to uh-huh. really focus on mm-hmm. suspending judgment. Mm-hmm. a little bit more or mm-hmm. I'm just going to really focus on judging myself less yeah it's not it's not either totally judge or totally not judge it's like okay mm-hmm. just work on in this specific dimension yeah. judging yourself less and 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 commit to it for a certain amount of time and just see what happens yeah yeah like just maybe even just notice this the self-judgment yeah as a layer of your experience yeah Uh yeah and just if you if you someone can commit to that for a certain amount of time Uh and be watchful and pay attention while they're doing it You can learn a lot because what probably what you're going to find is that mm-hmm. you're not losing as much control as you thought. <laughs> and uh, there actually may be space that opens up for, you know, some kind of new understanding or something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, if it's self-judgment, I think you might also notice it's not helping you at all. You know, it's just an extra layer that really like kind of stalls your stalls you out mm-hmm. on the road. Like it's you got to pull over and like stop. Yeah. Doing stuff. And I think that part of also what what, you know, someone can think about is that 
how when we have a sensation or an emotion or an impulse or, or something, how quickly and how deeply we identify ourselves with that experience. And I would say that that can really lead us into a tricky territory. You know what I mean? Because, you know, our our emotions and our, our, our thoughts are, are coming from, you know, our nervous system and our nervous system is kind of a lot like a computer that's been uh-huh. programmed based off of you know experiences uh-huh. you know or ex- the external you know and uh-huh. if we're identified with that so deeply we're limiting ourselves because we're I mean we're definitely not our nervous system mm-hmm. you know yeah we're sure. definitely not and so it can I think help us if we l- loosen that not that we've tied so tightly to like ourselves mm-hmm. or our spirit or whatever into our nervous system mm-hmm. it helps us maybe identify with it a little bit less we're not constantly creating all of these new identities just because we have an emotion yeah, your nervous system is just a part of your yourself that yeah. you know sort of has a function mm-hmm. as a job, you know, and it's not really like it's not the biggest context. It's not really you. Yeah, you know, <laughs> gives you some information that's sure. helpful. Yeah, I think another thing that you could do that's just one thing to practice would just be like to pay attention to what is happening inside your body or your physiology you know Mm -hmm. that's that's not something that we're very good at i think a lot we tend to be thought we we tend to be you know think of ourselves as our thoughts that that's like our highest self Mm -hmm. or we think of ourselves as our emotions because that's um, you know, kind of like just what we experience the most and feels the most real to us or something, mm-hmm. you know. But there's this other like channel maybe that we are experiencing all the time, which is connected with us, but it's also different. And so like, you know, you're having a, you're having a physical experience all day long. It might be some fatigue. You might have, you know, some tension and some different muscles in your body and, you know, all kinds of stuff going on in there. Your nervous system might be activated. Yeah. It's a physical sensation. So, you know, if you, if even as you're just kind of sitting there listening to this or something, like you could just kind of put some attention into what is happening in your physical body and all the nerve endings all the way through your body and you know what's happening in your gut your chest and all your muscles you know just a lot of different ways that you can kind of explore that right and then you know if you if you get angry for instance what changes when that happens 
Mm-hmm. Right. So now we're kind of exploring. So, you know, take it back to my kids or whatever when, when we're parenting and trying to shape their behavior. I think we want to, the most of the work is helping them understand what is happening inside themselves and also, you know, how did they arrive at the decisions that they made, mm-hmm. you know? Or, and then, you know, to speak to the whole belief thing, like, uh, how did, how did you arrive at what you believe right now? You know? Yeah. Not what you should believe, but like, it's a good question. How did you get here? And then, you know, where are you going with that? You know, I think we, I think we've talked a lot about today about like moral decisions maybe yeah following you know the impulses that we have that lead us to our behavior and not so much about like right belief but it's the same like it's the same thing you know yeah definitely if we just teach people what to believe it can't be real yeah you haven't arrived at it on your own. We don't ever really get a chance to choose something if we're just yeah. acting out what we've been told and given. We, there's, yeah. there's, there's no choice in that. Yeah. To choose something, you have to have an option of something else and the freedom to yeah. entertain that as well. Right. right? Yeah, it's a cool process, like, to be, be presented with ideas and then to, like, wrestle with them and arrive at something that is yours, that is your conclusion. Mm-hmm. And that feels like an almost limitless process, you know? Letting ourselves choose. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, kind of arriving something at something that resonates in us and that we feel is true Mm -hmm. not just believe or think is true but feel is true and giving and giving it words you know if that's necessary (laughs) you know like arriving at our own words for those things you know this is a pretty cool process and you know if your kids are if kids are 11 and above like you can they can be doing that at least maybe even sooner for I was gonna say yeah. <laughs> and definitely like for us as adults it's important for us to give ourselves the freedom to be doing that wrestling with stuff wrestling with ideas no freedom where there's judgment though yeah right I mean I guess we're free to judge but <laughs> not much freedom in judgment well and you won't it's hard to get anywhere when you're all just on the brakes all the time. Yeah, stop riding the brakes. Yeah, stop riding the brakes, people. You know? Yeah. That's what's cool is like, yeah, just having the freedom that we've talked about before. You know, like, it's okay to be on the gas. Yeah. Maybe use the steering wheel a little bit, but like, and pay attention to the lines on the road. Keep your eyes open. 
Just pay attention. Yeah. You know, yeah. Awareness. Yeah. You know, that way you don't have to ride the brakes so much. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's good. That's you know, a good metaphor. Mm-hmm. I like coming up with metaphors. You're pretty good at it. You usually offer some helpful ones. I'm not good at metaphors. So it just helps me make sense of stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Metaphors are helpful because they're like, they make you think instead of telling you what to think. You can kind of use it. You know what I mean? So it's a helpful teaching device. Well, it's like, you know, if I can come up with a good metaphor that describes a certain kind of, not even necessarily concept, but an experience Uh of the concept, Uh and I can express that to you, then then you can, you have the opportunity to grasp onto that metaphor and get the concept, but also maybe a little bit of the experience I'm trying to convey. Yeah, Yeah. right. Yeah, and you can apply it in your own way. It's relatable, yeah. Yeah, and then you can take that, you know. See if it holds up. Integrate it for yourself or not. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know why. Sometimes metaphors come to me, but I don't know why I don't gravitate to them very quickly. I think everybody's brain just works differently. My brain's too analytical. I like words too much. (laughs) You're good at them. You know, so like the pictures or the experiences that metaphors relate, like I just don't readily get myself there Mm -hmm. or whatever. But they are very helpful in some ways. And sometimes they just come to you, you know? That's what's cool. Uh Uh-huh. Is that when it just comes effortlessly. Yeah. You know? When your brain works that way. Yeah, that's when I know my brain's firing on. Oh, yeah? All cylinders. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. I'll have to keep that in mind. Yeah. It's as deep as you want it to be. Exploring what's happening in your inner world, whether it's in your thought, emotion, physiology. Well, I mean, so much of what we've been talking about today has to do with being willing to put ourselves in a position to change our relationship with something that is already happening Uh internally. Uh So, I mean, that's the invitation, right? Mm -hmm. Is, Is to be willing to turn inwards and look inside at something that is already happening and explore or decide for yourself why you would want to change your relationship with something that's already going on internally. Mm -hmm. You know? 
Yeah, I thought it was helpful when you said, you know, our emotions about it, like, make us push it away, you know, because we don't like that. We can't, first of all, like, have the capacity for that emotion that's difficult or whatever, and then, like, it pushes it away so, like, you don't get to learn any more about it or understand it any better, you know? Yeah, it's like, if if all we've ever been doing since early on in our life is the second we experience an unpleasant emotion, but we'll just use anger, we're pushing it away mm -hmm. from a very early age. All we're, our, our container for that emotion stays small. Yeah. But as we grow into a, adulthood, we're creating more complexity right in our lives mm -hmm. and complexity requires us to manage and navigate more anxiety or more emotion right mm -hmm. because that's how we synthesize like complexity yeah. but if we're if we're growing complexity like intellectually and like externally and mm -hmm. you know with you know, job, life, all this other stuff, right? Mm -hmm. We're we're growing complexity, but we're keeping our containers for emotions small. And mm -hmm. like, we're gonna crash. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Like, yeah. we have our containers for emotion have to grow, right? Along with the complexity, because emotion is a, is is the way we navigate and synthesize mm -hmm. complexity mm -hmm. yeah do, do you see what i mean but yeah. it's like we're yeah. we expect to grow complexity but keep our our container for emotions small when mm -hmm. our container is actually you know life is and the complexity that we've grown is really kind of demanding that yeah. you you know, dude, your your container for emotion needs to be like, mm -hmm. you know, expanded. Yeah, the size of a bowl, not the size of a thimble. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's we can't. Sure. We can't navigate the complexity that we've uh -huh. created very well at all. Yeah, that sounds like a bigger discussion too. Yeah, that's good. We'll leave it there. Yeah, and if anyone's listened to this and has any suggestions about maybe where we could go with it, maybe we would do that. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Thanks for listening. Send us a comment or something. Yeah. <laughs> We'd be happy to hear from you. And, uh, yeah, let us know a good direction to move forward. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Thanks.